We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. Golden Valley, a service of Salem Media Group. Streaming worldwide at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. President Trump claims that Republicans and Democrats in Congress support his demand for a border wall, even though Democrats have held firm in their opposition. They have said they are for complete border security, and they have finally and fully acknowledged that having barriers, fencing, or walls, or whatever you want to call it, will be an important part of the solution. We'll see. As under the deal to reopen the government yesterday, lawmakers were given now until February 15th to reach a new deal on border funding. And now the hard work of negotiating is getting underway. At the United Nations today, the world, uh, the council there, I should say, will take a closer look at the situation in Venezuela, where the opposition leader has the support of the United States against President Nicolas Maduro. This is SRN News. What happened? You used to go hours without visiting the bathroom. Now it seems like you're constantly getting up to go, and you're even getting up at night to go. This is not okay. Listen, the makers of Super Beta Prostate, the number one prostate formula, are introducing a new wonder pill, Super Beta Prostate P3 Advanced, with three key ingredients that are great for your prostate. It's like taking three prostate supplements in one. To celebrate, we're sending free bottles to men who want to cut down on bathroom trips. Yes, your first 30-day supply is free. Pay shipping and handling. Call 1-800-257-5387. Early research suggests that an ingredient in P3 Advanced may help support a normal prostate size. Combine that with a reduction in bathroom trips, and you have a formula you'd be crazy not to try. Get P3 Advanced free. Call 1-800-257-5387. This is Michael Medved at michaelmedved.com for Town Hall. To paraphrase Dr. King, judge others by the content of their character, not by the color of their MAGA caps. Unfortunately, a group of pro-life Kentucky schoolboys drew savage media criticism based on their pro-Trump headgear, not their personal conduct. The video record shows that in the face of taunts and insults, the teenager showed admirable restraint and dignity. Internet and journalistic commentators should have learned a crucial lesson. If someone holds opinions that differ from yours... That alone doesn't make him or her a bad person. The kids from Covington, Catholic, the native elder, the Indian activists who beat drums and chanted at them, even the black Israelites who hurled insults instead of rocks or bombs, all showed that vigorous expressions of First Amendment rights need not produce a meaningless melee. Not a bad day for our badly divided country. I'm Michael Medved. Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu Dr. King Banyan, as he shows you economic charts, graphs, and other visual aids you can't see on the radio here on Business 1440. Capitalism is is not um, immoral. It's amoral. It requires our instruction. Capitalism has taken more people out of poverty than any other ism. 
but it is a wild beast, and if not tamed, it can chew up a lot of people. Welcome back, King Banging Show. Just caught the very end of that. Don't know what got played there. Be kidding. Anyway, good to be with you. Uh, this question on TSA, I think, is has provoked some interesting discussion uh, on Twitter. Both Don and Frank uh, chipping in, um, and and I, let me just say one more thing about this. And I actually want to play this. Uh, this clip that got uh, Wilbur Ross in in a bit of trouble yesterday, uh, and rightfully so. I mean, if you've listened here to the King Banyan Show on Business fourteen forty for uh, a while, you will know I am no fan of the Commerce Secretary. Um, I I think I think uh, I think his sell by date has has been so long ago. That if he was a carton of milk, you wouldn't dare open to smell it. All right, I'm not a fan of this guy. Um, the, but um, there's a little method to the madness in this this comment. Um, but he got that he got absolutely roasted for yesterday uh, when he gave it. I believe this was on CNBC. Uh, let's play clip number one and be on the button. I may need to stop it in the middle. Clip number one. This is Wilbur Ross talking about government employees and and the financial stresses they were under. It's kind of disappointing that the air traffic controllers are calling in sick in pretty large numbers. Many of them can't afford to support their families, though. Well, remember this. They are eventually going to be paid. The banks and the credit union should be making credit available to them. When you think about it, these are basically government-guaranteed loans because the government has committed these folks will get their back pay once this whole thing gets settled down. So there really is not a good excuse. Stop the tape there for a second. Okay, so... I thought that was an... I actually thought at that moment that was an interesting point. So I work on a I work for a state agency called Minnesota State Colleges and Universities. On my campus there is there is a credit union to which I've been a member for many many years. Um, I bought my first car through that credit union uh, more than thirty years ago, and I've been a member of it, of it ever since. If for some reason there was a shutdown of state government, and there has been, um, there have been more than there's been more than one. And we were out for a significant period of time, but suppose the legislature and the governor had passed a bill that had, uh, governor signed a bill that said, when you come back, you will be paid in full, even for the time that you're not working right now. Why would my, my credit union, which is, which consists entirely of government workers here within the university system and other, and other, you know, federal, state, county, municipal workers, why wouldn't my credit union give me a loan? Now, even if that wasn't true, there are places that do loans, you know, and I, and I sense that everyone was thinking about, thinking about, oh, he's having those people go get payday loans, and those payday loans are terrible. And I, I have no love for the payday loan market. 
Okay, on the other, I, I think the rates are outrageous. But on, but there are people who will argue that they serve a market niche that 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 is valuable. And I actually am going to not get in, get on my high horse and and rant about the about the rates that go about three to four hundred percent a year. If you think about it, if you borrow money for two weeks, uh, if you borrow five hundred dollars against your paycheck that's coming in two weeks, when you pay them back, you're actually going to end up paying them somewhere around $535. Now, if you do that math out there, you're going you're gonna to end up paying somewhere around 400% interest on that money. If you kept borrowing over and over and over again, you've actually paid them back five times. You'll have ended up borrowing and owing them five times that original 500 bucks. But it could, that's, the, that's the wicked power of compound interest. But it, it, it's interesting. But he's saying something different. He's saying, look, they have credit unions. Their credit unions are to cater to government workers why they should be able to get loans from those folks people went right by that point okay um and and you kept hearing people say let them eat cake not 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 so sure um uh uh that was you know that was interesting play the rest of the clip please andrew really is not a good excuse why there really should be a liquidity crisis. Now, true, the people might have to pay a little bit of interest, but the idea that it's paycheck or zero is not a really valid idea. There's no reason why some institution wouldn't be willing to lend. And indeed, we've heard tales of some of the government... So it should be put on the private sector? The private sector needs to step up where the public sector can't? No, what I'm saying is there have been ads run by a number of the public sector credit unions, which are member organizations of the people who work in the departments. Those have announced very, very low interest rate loans to bridge people over the gap. So so stop there. We we don't have to play the rest of this clip. Um, He is very clear. About about the fact that he was thinking of credit unions, but people immediately went to payday loans, and and that's not what he was saying. That's not what he was saying. Okay, I actually, I actually, okay, I, I, I and and I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna pick on, I'm gonna pick on Wilbur again before the end of the hour. So don't 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 you worry. I haven't gone soft on Wilbur Ross. Okay, I still I still think it'll be it'll be a great day in America when he no longer has a job in government. Um, he's terrible. But he's not entirely wrong about this. He really isn't entirely wrong about this. Because those credit unions exist. And those credit unions actually get favorable treatment. They get favorable treatment. The credit unions get favorable treatment uh, in in tax policy specifically because they are member-owned organizations. Okay, they are member-owned organizations, and so I would be shocked if if most of those workers didn't have access to liquidity at at a rate well below. Now, did they suffer some loss? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But let me let me come back to this, and it reminds me of the the comment that uh, my friend Kim Crockett gave me a couple weeks ago when we were talking about savings in China. It it it, it is the it, it is the case. I remember reading this statistic. I'm not going to. I think I can quote this right. It's about 
three years old now. It was in a, an article by The Atlantic based on a study done by the Federal Reserve Bank in St. Louis. 43% of American families, if they got a $400 unexpected expense, would not know how to cover the expense. That's why 10% of Americans actually do business with payday lenders. The answer is, is yeah, they, they have made, okay. And to me, that is, that's a choice, right? If you're living paycheck to paycheck and you're a minimum wage worker, I get that that's not entirely on you. But if you're a GS 11 federal worker and you don't have an extra $400 to cover a bill, What's, who's that on? <laughs> right? I, I, you know, and when, the, when you have access to a credit union that probably should be lending you that money at whatever their personal rates are. I, I don't know what, the personal, what a personal unsecured loan would be uh, at, my, at my bank, but I, I haven't had to know that because I actually have, have saved enough money so that so because I fell once, had an accident, and and thought to myself while I was laying in a hospital bed, well, thank goodness I have disability insurance. If I didn't have disability insurance, or for some reason the disability insurance wouldn't cover me, how would I pay my bills? And at that moment I realized I needed to make sure that the number in my bank account was six months of income and spent the next three years building the savings account to that to that level. Right, But I, do, I don't think, you know, but I don't think that that was was really, you know, the the the, the blowback that that Wilbur got for that particular comment, I think is in part that Wilbur just tends to say some some cuckoo stuff from time to time, and uh, so he doesn't get he doesn't get the benefit of the doubt. People didn't listen, I think, clearly enough, um, I, I, and um, and I think that I think I think that was was interest that I thought that was really really interesting. Anyway, uh, anyway, I, I we're going to get ready. We're gonna, in the next segment, we're going to talk with uh, Brian Kaplan uh, about his speech, about his talk coming up here at Winter Institute. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll do that. But when we when we come back after that segment, here's what I want you to here's what I want you to pay attention to. Um, there are other things going on in other parts of the world that we should talk about, but nothing will be bigger than I think than the fact that this coming week. The Chinese, the the China will send a trade delegation into the United States to continue the discussion. Okay, you can talk about February fifteenth, and and you know we might have another shutdown after February fifteenth. I sincerely doubt that. Okay, for a variety of reasons, I probably won't get into on the show today. But next, but March first is a real deadline. March first is the deadline for China and the U.S. to come to some trade agreement or else the U.S. says it will reimpose uh, all of the uh, sanctions, all, excuse me, all of the uh, tariffs that they, that they put off when they met in Buenos Aires last November. And so it's coming up this week, and we'll see about that. But first, we're going to listen to Brian Kaplan in this next segment of the King Banyan Show coming up here on Business 1440.
Hi, everybody. Randy from RB's Computer Service. Let's talk managed services. Managed services is when you let a company like ours take over the responsibilities of keeping all of your computers and servers protected and running efficiently. We keep your systems patched, keep antivirus protection on all of your systems, provide a way to filter out much of the malware, manage your backups, and most of all, keep you up and running. This is no easy task and takes you time. Time is money. If your server or even an important computer goes down, can you afford this? Let us take care of all this for you, and you can stay focused on being profitable. And don't forget, we also fix your PCs, Macs, cell phones, and tablets, too. Call us today at 763-441-3884. Once again, 763-441-3884. Or find us on the web at rbsmn.com. Giving your computer problems the boots. Arby's Computer Service. Does your church, school, or small business know what to do in the event of an emergency? Do you know how to handle threats to your building and property? Are you set up to stop cybersecurity threats and data breaches? Do you have an emergency action plan in place? If you answer no to any of these questions, join us Thursday, January 31st at the Eisenhower Community Center in Hopkins for Prepare and Respond. This free event is geared towards pastors, church security team members, school administrators, and small businesses. Prepare and Respond hosts industry experts who will teach you how to put a scalable action plan in place to keep your congregation, faculty, students, colleagues, and businesses safe. Join us on Thursday, January 31st from 8 a.m. to noon at the Eisenhower Community Center in Hopkins. A complimentary breakfast will be served to the first 100 people to register. To learn more about this free event and register, go to TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. Prepare and Respond is supported by Henningsen and Snoxel. I loved playing high school sports. I loved the competition, the camaraderie, the bands, the crowds, all the pageantry, and I wanted to keep playing. But I graduated. No colleges called, and neither did the pros. So, to stay close to the game I loved, I decided to become a high school official. You know, a referee. When I played high school sports, I learned the importance of integrity, good sportsmanship, and respect for the rules. Now, as a high school official, I get to help model these same values to others. Maybe the colleges and the pros didn't call, but the kids in Minnesota did. And now, I'm enjoying the competition, the camaraderie, the bands, the crowds, and all the pageantry of high school sports all over again. Interested in becoming a licensed high school official? Go to highschoolofficials.com to learn more and begin the application process. Hard on the buyer. 
Unemployment on the rise. Gasoline issues are with lines. Rent being paid. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, Business 1440. You gotta get. You gotta wait for that part. We're happy to be visiting uh, with uh, one of the guests for Winter Institute. As you heard already, Winter Institute coming up on February seventh and eighth uh, up here in Saint Cloud at Saint Cloud State University. And it's my pleasure to bring on somebody who I have read for years, and this is the first time we've had a chance to meet, so it's my honor to bring on Professor Brian Kaplan of George Mason University. Professor Kaplan, welcome and good morning. Good morning. Great to be here. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Professor Kaplan, the topic for Winter Institute here at St. Cloud State University this year is Immigration Explored. And you're part of the exploration, and you have uh, you have some views about immigration that I think that I think will be uh, interesting to our our audience. I was reading your blog. You blog uh, you blog. I think at more than one place, but one of them is being at uh, EconLog. Uh, mm-hmm. And you recently had one called "How Is Immigration Like Nuclear Power?" Mm. I loved this post, Professor. <laughs> I loved it because it's like okay, I had never thought about it that way, but but. But you were making an analogy. Why don't you explain it to our audience, please? Uh, Yeah, so here's what I would say is the standard scientific view of nuclear power. It's fantastic. It provides abundant cheap energy. It's actually extremely safe. And yet there is a great demagogic resistance to nuclear power. There's always people getting freaked out. It's so weird. Like, how are you going to get power out of the atom? So, you know, people have often noted that there are far more dangerous technologies in nuclear power that we use all the time and we don't worry about them. They're old, they're familiar, they feel okay. Whereas nuclear power, which has a fantastic safety record, nevertheless, there's great public resistance to it and very heavy regulation compared to something like coal. So that's nuclear power, which, uh, you know, some of you will say this is well understood among experts, although very controversial to the public. And I say, you know, immigration is very much the same way. We're out of people who really study study the issue. The key result is that immigration allows you to move human talent from a place where it accomplishes very little, like Haiti, to a place where it accomplishes an enormous amount, like the United States. You really can take a person from the streets of Port-au-Prince, move them to Miami, have them shine shoes, and have their production, uh, you know, increase by a factor of 10. And yet... Just like with nuclear power, there is great resistance to immigration. It really freaks people out. There's something just weird and disturbing about it, even though when you really look at the numbers, it seems like it is uh, all, you know, a fantastic way to, just to, to alleviate not only poverty but to unleash great production. So there's been quite a bit of research trying to measure you know, how much would the production of the world increase if anyone could just move anywhere, if we could move human talent from where it is unproductive to where it's productive. And a standard estimate is something like you could double the production of the world if you would just let talent move freely. And yet, of course, almost no country, you know, no country does allow this. Right. And that, that that's certainly true. So we're visiting with Professor Brian Kaplan, who'll be speaking at Winter Institute here at St. Cloud State University. He'll be speaking on the morning of Friday, February 8th. His talk will start at 1115. But the the uh, the, the Institute begins at 8 o'clock, and we'll have three different speakers. Uh, and so the two other speakers will have already spoken before his time. And as you've already heard, Professor Kaplan 
um, takes a pretty a pretty interesting view uh, of immigration as part of the exploration. Uh, Professor Kaplan, uh, one of the things that people would might say after hearing your talk is, well, what about the workers that are already here? What about those who live already in the United States? When these workers come to us, would they not, in fact, depress the wages of the workers that are already here? How do you respond to that kind of comment? Yeah, so it's a great question, and you know the, the main answer is just to think about you know, any kind of progress, uh, you know, whether it's you know, anything that increases production. So think about, say, driverless cars. So will driverless cars be bad for some people? Yeah, of course they're going to be bad for some people. And yet, would it make sense to stop driverless cars? And that's where you really have to step back and say, well, if we were to just go and stop things that go and increase the production of the world, if we've been doing this for a very long time, we would still be living in dire poverty. I think that, you know, that's, again, the right way to think about anything that increases production, whether it's technology or immigration. There's always going to be some losers, but the main effect is that the production of the world increases, and, of course, the more stuff we have, the richer that we will on average be. So, you know, like what I often tell my students is if there's one thing to know about economics, it's this. The secret of mass consumption is mass production increases in production in rich mankind, right? Uh, you can sit around looking around for someone who's lost out as a result of the tractor or fertilizer or airplanes, and if you look hard, you'll always find them. But, again, if you just picture the results for society overall of trying to hold back production versus welcoming it, say, you know, the, you know, the, the better choice is clear. Like, we, like, you want to be the society that welcomes production and does not focus on trying to find the... You know, and trying to find dark clouds, uh, dark linings and silver clouds. Yeah, so we live up here in uh, central Minnesota. You're, you're in the greater D.C. area. And uh, up here, you know, if you went back 120 years, you would have found, or go back to 150 years, the beginning of St. Cloud State, uh, you would have found that 30, 35% of our people were engaged in agriculture. We now sure. have about 2% of our people working in agriculture, but we're making more food mm-hmm. le- le- not less uh mm-hmm. we used to have about 20 25 percent of our workers here in central minnesota being in manufacturing it's now down around 14 percent, which is still greater than the average mm-hmm. we oh, produce yeah. fantastically more stuff than we did than we did 50 years ago but with fewer workers what is it about about this where we're we're moving workers and we somehow think that's a really i mean it's hard we know that but when we tell people that there's more production that, that, and that that's going to be better for everybody, they say, but not for everybody. What, what's going on there? How do people think about these things? Right. Well, if you say literally everyone, then you're overstating, because you can always find that's somebody right. that loses out from, from any kind of progress. But if you step back and say, you know, what is the better kind of society to live in, one where economic progress is allowed and welcomed, or one where we sit around trying to hold back the future for fear of anyone being hurt, then I think you know, you know like the wise answer is clear. You know, like production, you know, production is good. And again, well, you know, there, there's such a huge double standard. Almost no one wants to get rid of technologies that we now have. It's just the new stuff that worries people. And, and again, the same thing, of course, with immigration. Almost no one wants to get rid of the immigration we used to have. You know, at this point, that's fine. But to have more of what, of what was fine in the past, no, no, no. We've got to do something to stop that. 
so I mean, you know, you know, there is there is this you know, like you know, strange tendency with, with immigration where if you ask people what about all these other kinds of rumors that already come, then you know like, have they made the country better, richer. Normal answer is well, of course, like they're fine. But then when you think about any new kind, and this is where people start getting nervous again, I'll say that this is a case where, as usual, it is better to base your judgment upon what you've observed actually having occurred in the past than upon fear of what could happen in the future. You know, we don't see the future until it happens, but we see the past. And really, you know, like, you know the best predictor of what's going to happen in the future is what's already happened in the past. So if you just get people off of morbid speculation and onto what's already happened, what did you see with your own eyes, then I think you get a much more positive story. Yeah, I, in fact, in fact, you know, you're raising a really interesting point to me. I've made this made this case in a couple places already. Um, it seems like the argument about immigration sometimes is is running in a parallel track in America today to the argument over over artificial intelligence and uh, the mm-hmm. fact that you know the machines are going to eat all the jobs. Uh, and, and, and so in one case we have people coming from another country and in another case we have, have a robot. And, and, and I mean, do you agree that, that maybe that, that, that there are similarities to that? And, and, and is there anything we can learn from one that helps us to, to you know, sort of think about, about the other issue? Yeah, you know, they're extremely similar. Because in both cases, you have you're talking about figuring out ways of getting more production using the, using the same number of people that we already have, or more production using less. And in both cases, the thing to focus on is the obvious one: we will produce more stuff, and therefore average living standards will go up. And then, you know, as to what happens to the people that are displaced by the change, the answer is, you know, again, look at the past. It's not hard to go and find new things for people to do. We've always done it in the past. You know, if you were to go to 1850 and were to go and say all the things that we would have machines for, people would say, well, then the unemployment rate will be 99% in 100 years. Like, look around. That's just wrong. And the reason is human wants are unlimited. So whenever you figure out a cheap way of doing one thing, you don't say, well, now I'm unemployed for the rest of my life. Instead, you find something else to do. And there's always something else to do. And again, I, I know that's so dissatisfying to people because they say, what? Tell me exactly what's the other thing uh, that people can do. But again, of course, if I knew that, I wouldn't be talking to people. I'd be opening up the businesses of the future. But, but again, you know, look at what's happened in the past as, uh, you know, as immigration increases, technology increases, share of women in the workforce increases. The, you know, the result is just that we get more production and a higher standard of living. It's not that, uh, that, that people become permanently unemployable or anything like that. We're visiting with Professor Brian Kaplan, who will be here for Winter Institute uh, on February 8th uh, here on the campus of St. Cloud State University. The Institute runs both on the 7th and the 8th. Uh, and uh, and you can find that information at stcloudstate.edu slash winterinstitute, and you can register at least through next Friday. Uh, one last thing. Professor, you are currently working on a book uh, that uh, is co-author of a book titled Open Borders, the Science and Ethics of Immigration. Uh, and and I understand it to be coming out in October. So, so I think people will know that you come about this differently. Are, do you expect to be making more of an economic case at Winter Institute this year, or will you be touching on the ethics as well? Um, I mean, I, I like to do it all. So, okay. you know, like immigra- immigration is a topic where once you mention it, all, you know, people very quickly start telling you their entire worldview. <laughs> so it's hard just to limit it to one thing. So, and you know, like, and I, you know, I mean, I really, really want to talk to people and have a conversation. So, I mean, I mean, I mean, usually I, you know, give my my main points, and then I just see where the audience goes with it. 
you know, like, you know, main thing is, you know, there are so many arguments against immigration. It's almost like there's at least one unique one per person. I mean, I remember I was once debating someone who was saying, look, and another big problem with immigration is that they're winning all the math and science competitions. And they're like, wow, all right, so, you know, other people are complaining about how immigrant, immigrant kids aren't doing well in school. You're complaining they're doing too, they're doing too well in school. Right. So, like, like, you know, is there, any, is there anything that, uh, that could be going on where you wouldn't find something to complain about? Right. Uh, but, but anyway, so that, so, you know, I, I, I think I will be just, you know, like, you know, hit, you know trying to hit every base. Well, that's just wonderful, and and I know you're going to spend some time with our students as well. And I and I thank you for that as uh, as the dean of the school that they are, that they're enrolled in. Uh, I really appreciate uh, chances for our students to interact with uh, the scholars we bring to Winter Institute, uh, Professor Kaplan. I look forward to seeing you in a couple weeks up here at Saint Cloud State. Uh, thank you for spending time with us. So we'll be right back after this. You are listening to the King Banyan Show on Business fourteen forty. <laughs> Pat Boone here again, and I assure you, I have never before endorsed a pain relief product. Not until now. Not until Relief Factor came along as a 100% drug-free solution for people struggling with ordinary pain. Quite simply, Relief Factor was designed by doctors to help relieve those occasional aches and pains due to aging, exercise, and everyday living. Let me ask you, are aches and pains keeping you from sleeping through the night? or keeping you from taking those nice long walks or playing golf or tennis. You can't really call it living if you can't get around comfortably. The three-week quick start from Relief Factor may be all you need to lower or even eliminate these pains. A whole lot of people have already gone to relieffactor.com, and here's something you need to know. The majority of people who order the three-week quick start, now only $19.95, go on to order more. Let's see if we can get you out of pain, too. Go to relieffactor.com. Hi, this is Lee with the Kingdom Builders Roofing. It is so exciting to think that the Lord loves us in such a way that he sent his son to provide the way for us to be directed perfectly, gently, and effectively. C.S. Lewis bluntly stated this fact, Aim at heaven, and you will get earth thrown in. Aim at earth, and you will get neither. None of us can serve two masters. We try, but we cannot do it. As the hymn says, Keep your eyes upon Jesus and the things of the earth will grow strangely dim. I pray that we can be used by each other to exhort and edify the church and grow the real kingdom. This is Matthew with the Kingdom Builders. We strive to have our standard be God's standard. One of the ways we do that is we regularly look to God's word to examine our hearts and our motives because we try to glorify the Lord Jesus in everything we do. We strive to take these standards on your roof, on your gutter job, whatever it might be. Give us a call at 612-900-9166 or look us up at thekingdombuilders.net. Hi, this is Tom Barrett, president of Lean Partners. We are celebrating 15 years of helping Minnesota companies dramatically improve their margins, delivery, quality, and generate capacity. We'd like to recognize a few of our clients by having them share their story. I'm Mike Kennison, vice president of manufacturing at Protolabs. Our core values of achievement, trust, and teamwork are centered around our key stakeholder, our employees. We realize that in order to create the most value for our customers and shareholders, we need to first and foremost invest in our employees. In three years, Lean Partners has helped us create and implement a leadership training program that is relevant and scalable across a broad set of our employees. 
The Lean Partners Leadership Training Program has made a significant impact on Protolab's continuous improvement efforts for both processes and systems, as well as talent development. Thanks, Mike. Are you interested in a customized plan to improve your business performance? Visit MyLeanPartners.com. That's MyLeanPartners.com. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, Business 1440. 651-289-4477. He's clearly a provocative speaker, uh, Brian Kaplan. I, I am looking forward to, to getting a chance to meet him and shake a hand and uh, put a face put a face in that hand to uh, to the name and the, the blog blogging he does. Um, just I've read some other books of his and, 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 and I, I look forward to the book on immigration because they're provocative. They, you don't have to agree with all of it to find, to find, to find something there that's quite provocative. Um, anyway, if you are interested in coming, tickets are on sale through Thursday. Okay, so we're we're closing sales a week before the start of Winter Suit, which is February seventh, February eighth, here in Saint Cloud. Thursday night, it's at the Regency nine twelve uh, event center. In downtown St. Cloud on Friday, we're here on campus at St. Cloud State University. In fact, in the very building I'm sitting in right now, uh, you can join us there. Go to stcloudstate.edu slash winterinstitute and get those tickets, uh, particularly for the Thursday. The, the Friday event, uh, the lunch is going to get sold out. I don't know about the other events because we're, we're in Ritchie, and which, is a, which is a fairly good-sized auditorium, but you want to be here for that. Uh, but you will definitely need a ticket to get into the event on Thursday night and uh, where you'll get to hear, among other folks, uh, uh, James Bullard, the president of the St. Louis Federal Reserve, who's doing a macro forecast. The the thing that I normally do at Winter Institute, I've outsourced this time. I'm bringing I'm bringing in uh, I'm bringing in uh, foreign labor uh, to do uh, the, the the forecast this time. But uh very few people do it as well as uh, uh, as well as Jim Bullard. Nobody does it better. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna really love it. Six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. Happy to have uh, further conversation about about what uh, Professor Kaplan said in your reflections on that. That would be fun for me to to hear from you about that. But in the meantime, as I said before, I got two other issues to talk about. One of them one of them. The coming trade discussions between China and the U.S., a delegation from China is coming this week to D.C. to negotiate. Uh, it looks like uh, Vice Premier Liu will be one of the people in the delegation. So this is a higher level. This makes sense to me that they're going to be at a higher level. They are laying down uh, markers they have been, uh, if you read the Chinese press as I do, if you read, and of course you, you read the U.S. press, they are laying down markers to try to tamp down expectations. The deadline is March 1st. These meetings are happening at the end of January. I don't believe that you'll see a deal this week. Hopefully you hear something that indicates progress. That would be cool. But this led uh, this led Wilbur Ross, the Commerce Secretary, again in that same that same edition on CNBC, I think CNBC, 
to say this during uh, during that interview. Let's play clip number two, please. There is a very large group coming. Uh, there's been a lot of anticipatory work done, but we're miles and miles from getting a resolution. And frankly, that shouldn't be too surprising. Trade is very complicated. There are lots and lots of issues, not just how many soybeans and how much LNG, but even more importantly, structural reforms that we really think are needed in the Chinese economy. And then even more important than that, enforcement mechanisms and penalties for failure to adhere to whatever we agree to. And so so he's saying, you know, you can't just buy us off by buying a few more soybeans. You actually are going to have to make some structural reforms. And this is the place where there's a lot of there's a lot of um, haggling that's going on right now. I thought it was interesting that at Davos that the Davos meeting this week, and this is the only piece of Davos I intend to talk about. George Soros comes out and says that uh, that President Xi is the biggest threat to global global trade and security on the planet. And I'm like, wow, what you know. How did he get sand in his shorts? Man, oh man, that's that's pretty tough. But the the message seems to be coming clear to, and, and as you read Chinese press, it's becoming clearer and clearer that they are noting that they have to do something. China has this was in the South China Morning Post, which is part of what I part of what my daily read is. Um, they are now after saying for quite some time that they would not be part of the WTO discussions on e-commerce, they've decided to get into the, in, into the talks at the very last moment. The e-commerce rules in the, that govern uh, global digital trade have not really been updated since the late 1990s. Um, so that's over 20 years in which they've pretty much stood still, and they over-cover financial transactions. So there are not WTO rules for trade that could be relied on. For example, if Brexit goes to a no-deal solution in Britain, there are no WTO rules in place to govern digital trade between between the UK and the EU. They would have to work those out. That's kind of a big deal. So you would, you know... Can they work it out over the next few weeks if they if if, if the UK does indeed follow that that trip? Um, uh, um, do you do you think that you know? Do you think that uh, the EU will in fact uh, make the deal over the next six to seven weeks if they actually do exit on March 29th? No, actually, I don't. But uh, but for, so for a while, there's likely to be a disruption in that in that area um i how do i expect the negotiations to go at this moment i expect the negotiations will be a little rancorous i expect some volatility in the market because some somebody perhaps uh secretary ross who's shown the ability to step on his step on his own two feet uh trip over his own two feet uh, or his tongue from time to time He'll say something that's that's provocative. The Chinese, when they say something provocative, unlike with with Secretary Ross, I suspect every time the Chinese say something provocative, that it that it is with a purpose that they intend to provoke. I'm not sure Mr. Ross always does. Sometimes I think he does it by accident. Um, and I, 
I believe that that you will see the walk away from this by the end of the week be just enough to say that it, they still believe that they can get a deal by by the first of March. I don't think it'll blow up this week, but the progress will likely be significantly slower than than expected. Remember, the Chinese economy is now at a point where they are having to they are now having to engage in all kinds of stimulus. Uh, they've created a bond swap facility to help finance uh, small and medium-sized banks in China who largely do business with the private sector. There is a liquidity squeeze in China that is going to cause that is causing severe hardship for private firms. State firms always have access to money. But the private sector, the private sector uh, is is unable to do so. And so what the Chinese have done, what the central what the People's Bank of China has done has created a mechanism by which a Chinese bank can swap its debt, its own debt, it, 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 the bonds that it's issued to finance its own work for chi- for for uh, PBOC bonds, which it could then use to create liquidity for itself, that it could then use to trade. We'll see if that works out. But in essence, what they're saying is they've created a mechanism. What this mechanism does, in fact, is it gives the Chinese gov- uh, the, the People's Bank of China and the Chinese government the ability to engage in quantitative easing. And that's the importance of the other things you've heard this week. You've heard the you've you've heard dis, that there's discussion in in the United States to end the quantitative tightening phase prematurely. I mean, before the scheduled time. Where should they stop it? I'm not sure, but I think they certainly they certainly probably have enough reason to think that they should take a pause and see where they are right now. When the best answer you can give on on quantitative tightening is somewhere between one and a half and three trillion dollars should be the size of our balance sheet. And you've been you've been uh, letting letting assets run off to the tune of ten uh, to about nine and a half percent of your portfolio. You might want to have a better answer before you put it back on autopilot. You might want to you, you might want to want to want to hit hit the pause button on that. I rather they didn't. I'd rather I would rather see them pause on Fed funds rate movements and let the quantitative tightening just continue pace because that works in a quieter fashion. It does not get nearly the amount of tension uh, attention that a Fed funds rate move does. I would think they do that. They have the same discussion is happening with the European Central Bank where they are ending quantitative easing, but they are not reducing the size of their of their asset portfolio yet. But they may have to restart it sometime soon because you've got banks in Italy uh, having some issues. You've got the uh, yellow jackets in France. You've got Brexit. You've got a slower economy in Germany. All of this weighing down down on it. And so the fact that the Chinese are queuing up a quantitative easing uh, quantitative easing mechanism in their economy would be would be a pretty firm signal that that international is is confirmatory that that international marketplace is slowing down significantly and the US economy will continue I think in 2019 to be the one engine trying to pull a very sick train of other economies along 
he can only do so for so long and quantitative tightening is like a break against that that locomotive that might run we'll be back after this you're listening to the king banyan show on business 1440 Business 1440 is KYCR Golden Valley. Patriot Mobile wants you to know that you can get a great deal while spending zero of your hard-earned dollars on liberal causes. As President Trump has said, we are in a crisis, and that means every dollar counts. Don't waste your efforts on something as simple as your cell phone. You're going to use it every day and pay for it anyway, so why not switch to a company like Patriot Mobile that is actively fighting for border wall security, pro-life, and Second Amendment rights? Patriot Mobile makes the transition easy. And you can call 1-800-PATRIOT and talk to a real live person who shares your traditional American values and will help you save money and switch from Big Mobile to America's only conservative cell phone company. You get the same reliable nationwide service. And with unlimited plans starting as low as $20 per month, why wait? Visit them online at patriotmobile.com forward slash hue or call them at 1-800-APATRIOT, 1-800-272-8746. Patriot Mobile. Let's secure the border and secure the future of America. PatriotMobile.com forward slash Hugh or call them at 1-800-APATRIOT. What would you do if time and money were unlimited? Imagine taking that trip with the family, not having to deal with traffic every day. Hmm, maybe even retiring early. What is keeping you from making these dreams a reality? Is it the lack of trust you have with your advisor or your mutual funds and 401ks that continue to underperform? Take control yourself and learn how the financial market can work to your advantage. You have worked way too hard for your money to let it go. Create extra income and grow your retirement while you're still working and use as income into your retirement. Join us at Online Trading Academy for a free investing class by dialing pound 250 on your cell phone. Use keyword OTA. Again, that's pound 250. Use keyword OTA. Or go to learnwithota.com. Online Trading Academy. Radio! Message and data rates may apply. Please don't text while driving. If you've been in business more than 20 minutes, you've probably printed your logo on all kinds of promotional products. We all know logos work because they're on everything from the top of skyscrapers to the bottom of shoes. Ever wondered why or how to best use your logo to grow your business? Let us show you today for free. We're 4imprint, promotional product experts at your service. We're giving away the latest issue of Amplify, the digital magazine that reveals promotional product success stories absolutely free to everyone who texts WOW11 to 88988. At 4imprint, we make your logo look perfect on thousands of promotional items. With our 100% guarantee, it'll be right the first time, on time, every time. Your free e-magazine will reveal invaluable insights that can attract new customers, build your brand, and grow your business. Get the latest issue of Amplify absolutely free by texting WOW11 to 88988. That's WOW11 to 88988. Welcome back. 
like it. King Banyan Show. This is 1440. Thanks for be- being with us. That that was a new cut for, for Andrew. I suspect that's not something that's on in his car. Uh, anyway, <laughs> sorry. He had to have a little fun there. Um, what won't be fun? This per- this this proposal by by Senator Elizabeth Warren, who is now a candidate for president, she's declared in next year for a wealth tax, and it's been promulgated by, in fact, not by her as much as by two of her advisors, but done so under her under her under her campaign logo. So she certainly is willing to uh, accept that. Uh, it would be a two percent annual tax on household net worth between fifty million and one billion dollars, and a billionaire surtax of one percent additional if you're over a billion dollars. Now I want you to think about this for a second because I want to say something that might be a bit, just a bit controversial. That's a pretty odious tax. So I want you to, and I want you to think about it in this way. Let's suppose that the return on assets for a for a for a uh, for a uh, let's put your return on assets in somebody's portfolio is currently averaging about six percent. That's pretty good, right? You can only get about two percent at the bank, so you're doing better than two percent at the bank. But let's suppose the return on equity right now, return on assets, is running somewhere in the order of 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 five to six percent. What the congresswoman is excuse me, what the senator is proposing or her advisors are proposing is that that would be t- subject to the regular income tax, and that get taxed at about 20%. Now, you could shelter that, or 20, uh, excuse me, at 33%. You could shelter that so that it doesn't bear a tax by taking it in the form of municipal bonds, for example. Uh, you, could ta- you could find some other way to shelter that. So let's suppose that you don't pay any other income tax on that. You're, so you're earning 6%, and you figure out a way for it to avoid the income tax. But now here's the wealth tax, which is an alternative. You've earned 6%, and now a 2% tax on top of that will now, a 2% of that, 2% of 6%, of course, is 33%. So you've now taxed it at 33%. And remember, you've already caused that investment to be diverted into some place that avoids the income tax. Now, if you're a billionaire, we're going to tax that at an extra 1%, so that's not going to be at 50%. What do you think happens in that situation? Uh, reading from a paper written by Charles Jones, um, who is a who is a faculty member at, um, who I believe is a faculty member at uh, at uh, Columbia University, um, he excuse me at, at Stanford. I, he is still at Stanford. Um, he shows that that if you think about the world of ideas, in in how things get developed, we talk about artificial intelligence in my in my uh, conversation with Brian Kaplan. Suppose you've developed artificial intelligence that uh, that leads to a fantastically successful um, new business, and it employs hundreds of workers. It produces goods that are that are awesome. I had a conversation with somebody yesterday. He wants to bring a new product into Central Minnesota that currently isn't isn't here, and he's going to do it with lots of technology. He can do it with lots of technology, so he can minimize. He can reduce his labor costs, and he can get something to the market that currently we just don't have here. I can't tell you what it is because I'm sworn to some secrecy, but suppose let's suppose somebody had that kind of an idea. We're now going to tax that idea at a 50% rate if he's successful. 
Um, according to Jones, according to Jones, the top tax rate that people like uh, Piketty or Piketty and, and Emmanuel Size signs and is one of the one of the Elizabeth Warren economists working on this. It cuts the actual actual rate of t- optimal taxation well below. So it really reduces this idea that you hear from, for example, uh, Representative uh, uh, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez or the proposal from Senator uh, from Senator um, Senator Warren uh, for a wealth tax. Both of these are taxes on ideas. And a tax on ideas reduces the GDP of this country. You know who else has new ideas? People who are people are new to this country bring with them new ideas. And that's why I think the discussion of immigration and the discussion of artificial intelligence are all kind of different sides of the same coins only have two sides, so we'll have to use some other some other kind of uh, of of symbol maybe maybe a dice they're all different sides of the same story restricting the free flow of ideas of getting them to go to places where they can where they can interact with other ideas and produce more wealth because you're in a more productive society in a more productive economy is a loss to the world taxing that and sending it into unproductive activities through the government is an unproductive is something which reduces GDP doesn't expand GDP I don't think Senator Warren has much of a chance of election but of course prediction is always hard particularly about the future and, but I, th- I would say my hope is that, that uh, her ideas do not carry any weight I hope we'll see you at Winter Institute I want to thank you for listening today we'll be back again with Job Saturday next week here on the King Banyan Show on Business 1440 If it was 1990, you'd be listening to your favorite radio station on that bulky boombox that burns through D batteries faster than you can say you've got mail. Well, thankfully, it's the 21st century, and there are much better alternatives. For example, just ask Alexa to tune in. Alexa, play Business Radio 1440. Throw out that old beeper and get with the times. Listen to your favorite Business 1440 hosts and shows with Alexa and Amazon Echo. Looking for future leaders we can trust and believe in? Look no further than the high school student-athletes right here in Minnesota. High school sports teach young people how to be effective leaders. It begins by making their grades and being on time for practice. It includes learning to listen, following directions, accepting responsibility, being a good role model. And it's about respect for officials, opponents, the rules, and each other. The result? It transcends sports. It gives us hope for the future. High school sports. There's so much more than just a game. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. Does your office need a little TLC? Do you notice your bathrooms are a bit smelly? Are the surfaces in your break room a little sticky? And isn't that the same coffee spill on the floor and chili splatter in the microwave from weeks ago? If so, I've got the solution. 
Hi, I'm Tasha, owner of Forever Cleaning. We're family-owned and offer affordable, reliable office cleaning all over the Twin Cities metro area. So if your office is screaming for help, call me today. Let's get you scheduled for your free walkthrough so you can receive your free quote at 763-807-9817. If you mention this ad, you'll receive 15% off your first month of service. Again, call 763-807-9817. Or you can visit my website at forevercleaning.com. That's the number four, EVRcleaning.com. Remember, Forever Cleaning is so thorough, you'll wonder if your mom snuck in overnight and cleaned. Do you long for something better? Family Innovations wants you to know that you can have a better marriage, better relationships, a better view of yourself and the world around you. Family Innovations was created to provide counseling with healing and freedom for everyone who comes to them. Whether you are seeking guidance through a difficult season or freedom from a past trauma, they are the beginning of something better. There is a location near you, so contact FamilyInnovations.com. FamilyInnovations.com. Your daily source for... 